Dina has a. I have to, yeah. She has a dinner with a medium with like a. I have psychic to go see medium. a psychic medium first. Oh well, why are you having dinner with them? <laughs> My friend is having a birthday dinner at his apartment uh, and invited a psychic medium to. Oh, uh, I'd be give us all over that the dead people goss. Although, yeah, I'm I'm less into I'm less into dead people because I don't really care. Like I care, I guess, about dead people, but I most I mostly all you ever want is for someone to like tell you who you are. No, yeah. for sure. I just want to yeah. know like what am I gonna do with my life? Can you just tell me and then like I'll do it? Like I don't want to have to figure it out. Yeah, like t- I love nothing more than when someone tells me who I am and yeah, what me too. I should or will do. And y- here's the other thing: it's at five thirty. It's a oh. perfect rage. Oh time. my god! Yeah, say the word. I'm I'm on the next. Fucking, what are they called? Metro Metro North. North. (laughs) Welcome back to Feywatch. This is Will, and honestly, we just have to get right to it because. Sorry, Dina. I know. What about us? Dina and Rachel are here. Yeah, Dina and Rachel are here. I had, I had like a fun cute little bit about we were going to pretend to be the daily because we have sort of breaking news about rachel informed us that like the male bees are being kicked out of their hives and it means something about a harsh oh, yeah. winter is forthcoming the angry However, bee told us again we'll be more online yeah wait but didn't i didn't i tell our other group chat like i don't think i told the Feywatch group chat but Dina apparently knows, obviously. Dina just knows. <laughs> Dina just knows. But we frankly don't really have time for that because sort of scandalous news broke earlier this week that rocked the Feywatch group chat. Oh, Dina, God. Believe, oh, my God, Will. I believe you have a, a bit of a confession. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did promise to do a notes app apology. Okay, guys, so... This is going to be hard. Remember last episode and also in many other previous episodes where Rachel primarily but also with Will on her tails has uh I would say honestly condescended to people who wear thongs (laughs) the truth is coming out wow sleep in thongs and I felt censored I felt silenced and so you know I will say I was complicit in this at the time I did you didn't speak I up. I didn't speak up for myself and my comrades in thongery. And instead, I just silently, <laughs> you know, nodded my head and giggled along. And then I was editing last week's episode and I realized that I needed to be true to myself. And so I did admit to Rachel and Will that I, you know, do sometimes wear that kind of underwear. And it's like, yeah, in and, bed. and to go sleep. to sleep in it. To and sleep. I sleep to in sleep. it. Sue to me. Sleep. Sue me. It's right up in there. Right up in there. <laughs> Chokehold. Listen, it's gonna... It's gonna... Whatever. My, I told you. It eats whatever's there anyway, so it's better if there's less of it. <laughs> yeah. Look, I think the real thing that we just have to clear the air about is, like, this is not a victimless crime. <laughs> you know, the... <laughs> Who is the victim? Yeah. And I'm predominantly talking about I'm predominantly talking about the lying because, like, <gasps> okay, like this. Sorry, right? I guess technically you're pulling like you're pulling a classic um, romanticy male, and you're like, I didn't lie, I just didn't disclose the truth. Yeah, okay, because I would have been bullied. <laughs> no, I think you could have you could have changed the trajectory of that entire conversation. Like, probably wouldn't have, but right. you could have. <laughs> You could have, or I could have ran off of set crying because off of set, <laughs> <laughs> off, yeah, <laughs> out of your childhood bedroom. 
it's only gonna work if we're honest with each other <laughs> yeah and you weren't honest and this was if lest we forget an important education moment for me right and like you you stunted my growth Okay, well, maybe it's that. Okay, so look look past every single other aspect of my personality. Maybe I'm actually really a modest person and I just didn't feel comfortable discussing my underwear choices on air. Wow, well, that's out of the window now, but... um... (laughs) Yeah, hopefully that one's not the case. Um, Wow, I mean, also, you know, I guess there's maybe, like, a silent majority out there of girls who are just sleeping in thongs and so you know you didn't speak up and so they were all sitting there feeling oh my god i let my community down yeah wow but i do think that you all should still reconsider like you need to it's just go commando or something i'm sick of the nonsense i'm sick of this tomfoolery no that's fair i told you i've like bought some boxers and i like the boxers yeah but like you have made it this far in life i don't really want to ask anything further but like i hope (laughs) that everything's going well for you and um you know we'll probably leave it at that well i would hate to overshare (laughs) anything else is there anything else you guys need to get off your chest that you've been fucking keeping silent about no okay no i'm like i'm like mr mr honest abe lincoln yeah okay we'll see about that i don't know that i was just a vague thread there's nothing behind that the claws are coming out (laughs) well i guess we better turn this over to dina before she storms (laughs) off set so yeah oh my gosh okay well from one set of pals bickering to another i suppose Mm. if you remember thank you thank you Last episode, we left off with fake Adis the cat outing mm-hmm. Agent Silverbow, Cormac, who had yep. like burst into Bryce's apartment. And so now we're dealing with the aftermath of all of that. Funny enough, essentially the first thing that Rune says is he's like, wait, like, is this true? And then he immediately is, does your dad know? Does my dad know? And it's just like, <laughs> God, could these boys be more he's, driven by their daddy issues? I know. <laughs> They're dead. Daddy. Dad, they're dad pill. They're, they're so, dad, they're so dad pill. It makes you feel so much better for all the other romantic male leads whose dads have already died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're the lucky ones. Yeah, truly. Yeah. Cormac is demanding answers about Sophie, who he knows that Therian is looking for. Therian, to his credit, reads it perfectly and is like oh you like her like don't you like you mm-hmm. guys were dating i bet she was your girlfriend as Cormac is you know there's shadows going down his arms fire coming out of his head and he's maybe on a murderous spree and i will note since you mentioned it Cormac has both flame and shadow okay i wanted to ask about this he has both. Because what's going on? Yeah, he has flame and shadow. I'm just saying. Kawinky dink. Wow. And a Scottish accent. And a Scottish accent. But how did he get both? He's yeah, I know. It's, it's like one side. I think it's like one side of the family and the other side of the family. But honestly, I kind of have a hard time keeping track. Because like the daddy. Uh, I don't know. It's only. I don't know. Because then he also was like, oh, I also thought I had the starborn powers. Right, it's like you're getting a little greedy, right. but okay. He is getting a little greedy. Yeah. <laughs> he has the shadows from his mom's side, 
But I don't know why he has the flame like the how uh like the Autumn King because then it's like he would be from both mm. sides, which they are very incestuous. But I don't know. Anyways, who can say? Who can who could know? Maybe if they're living in those old ways, aren't they very pretty pro incest over there? Keep the they power are, and the fam yeah. and all of that. So Bryce is trying to get the boys to you know sit back down in their seats and use their indoor voices to talk things through. Mm-hmm. And Hunt is kind of being her personal bodyguard, and he's like listen to the lady's advice and sit the fuck down. And that kind of turns Bryce on pretty much. (laughs) Or I'll Mm. kill you. And she's like, oh, murder kink. Mm, Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Meow. So we get some information. Cormac is also hunting for a meal, not for Ophion, just because he was in love with Sophie and he wants to keep a promise to her. Bryce is pretty fairly like, why should we trust you when you almost tried to kill my brother? Cormac mm-hmm. is pretty fairly like, um, that was 50 years ago. Sort of fairly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Well, he was a teen. Yeah, there were teen yeah. boys roughhousing in the woods, teen. you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Cormac is kind of trying to recruit them, but he's also being so condescending to them this entire time. Yeah. He's talking about how he wouldn't want anybody to land in the Asterius prisons. And Hunt is like, yeah, I've been there. I know. Yeah, like literally I've been there. Literally I'm the only one who knows. Maybe you should listen to me. And he tells Hunt, you might have made foolish mistakes in the past, but I won't. It's like, mm. but he, maybe he just done his homework because he knows that Hunt loves to be nice. Maybe <laughs> like, kind That's of works. True. Maybe this yeah. is just him flirting. Although he does do the thing that everybody did last book, which is talk about Bryce painting her nails while everybody suffers, and it's like, ugh. dude, she like saved Snooze. the entire city. Like, let's move on from this, you know, yeah. narrative. Yeah. I'm over it. But Bryce looks past all of that and decides to strike herself a little deal. They decide they're going to work together to find a meal. They're going to figure out all of the Danica and Sophie secrets. Cormac also wants to recruit Rune to work with him and Opion because of Rune's mind-speaking abilities, which are super, super rare. Yeah. And again, the the immediate question here is, are you going to tell my dad? <laughs> yeah, he's, don't tell my dad! <laughs> which Cormac rightfully uses to get Rune to like go talk to him at a bar later, which we'll get to. But he's like, oh, maybe I will tell your dad. Yeah, Rune is the most easily Dude, manipulated right. person like, on the face of the planet. Be a little bit more quiet about oh, your tells. I don't know. Yeah. Aww. Womp womp. Uh, and then Cormac does a whole like dramatic ending about how... The world can be free, and don't you want to see a world like that? And H is like, well, also, like, I'm really trying not to die right now. And Cormac is yeah, like, he's like, no, I'm <laughs> actually fine. Really. Yeah. <laughs> no, but just imagine, I need you to just imagine all of Cormac, his wee speech, but like in a Scottish brogue. It really will get you. For sure. Yeah. And there's sort of, what's that movie? It's like a Braveheart, Braveheart. soundtrack. Yeah. He's in a kill. Oh, I was thinking, you know, in Outlander, again, my it's my only reference. It's the same soundtrack. When so. Jamie is going from bar to bar, kind of rousing the people to their cause and, you know, right. it's really hot. Mm-hmm. Hunt walks Bryce to work because I guess in my mind, this initially had happened like in the middle of the night. This was very much a middle of the night conversation, but actually it was on everybody's lunch hour. And so now they all have mm-hmm. to go back to work. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, which I would need a nap really after me. that kind of revelation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, instead of a nap, Hunt and Bryce do the opposite, which is that they're like walking opposite on opposite of a nap. Opposite of a nap, which is a alleyway makeout. Ooh. They're walking. Bryce is kind of scheming, and then she distracts him by being, "Well, this is all getting pretty dangerous. What if we just gave up that whole thing about not fucking?" 
Yeah, our stupid fucking pact. Thank God. Yeah. Right? It's like there's there's actual Better tension now. Over. There's actual danger. We can throw the whole fake bit. <laughs> right. Yeah. She just like needs something to live right. for. She needs some drama. Exactly. And honestly, I can relate. So, you know, his voice drops an octave. He like drags her into an alleyway. He, I don't know, I guess he's like pinning her against a wall. I think there's one leg oh, up. Yeah. I think we're going one leg up, not two here. I think there's yeah. one. There's a lot of writhing. Yeah, there's a lot of rubbing. A lot of rubbing going on. Mm-hmm. I will say, I noticed, did you guys catch this? He could have sworn the world spun out from under him at the taste of her. No. But what, what is <laughs> Say that? more. Yeah. What are we noticing? Okay, this is my, again, this is my favorite thing that happens, which is when you get actual hints and foreshadowing in the middle of a basically sex scene which is that the whole you know how they um bryce can like travel through like space and time they sex teleport they're kind of like conduits for each other so they like sex teleport (laughs) yeah totally no memory of that but (laughs) i take your word for it we'll get there oh don't worry you have so much sex teleporting uh in in the future can't wait but anyway i thought that was funny yeah. So hot, hot makeout sesh, and then Hunt remembers that she's technically engaged, and they are technically in public, and mm-hmm. getting caught dry humping in an alleyway wouldn't be good for the whole Cormac engagement. Okay, but I didn't get this at all because like they're very publicly together still. Like, everyone knows they're together. They live together. They're not fucking fooling anyone. I think it's yeah, one of those things. They got papped. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where like but I th- the celebs are spotted walking to get coffee is different than celebs spotted canoodling in the booth at XYZ bar with pictures. Yeah, except per the conversation we had before we turned the recording on. There's no difference because that's how you figured out Sophie Bush and what's her face are together. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I'm sure the, you know, TikTok slews of their day know. Are on top. There's probably some rumblings, but, you know. What is it? Dumois. 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 Right. Like, I'm sure Dumois knows. Lunathian Dumois knows. Also, I'm sure Therian is Lunathian Dumois. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, they decide to stop for now, and then they keep making jokes about going to, like, a seedy motel and fucking because Ethan's staying at the apartment. Yeah. And actually, back to Mm -hmm. Ethan, because Bryce has to run back to her apartment to get her ID, I guess, and finds Ethan on the coffee table playing with Danica's sword, pretending to be a a warrior, and just, like... (laughs) Yeah, he's, like, jumping all over the place. Jumping all over the house with his sword, which is, I guess, maybe how boys process information about rebels and spies and such and that's fine. oh yeah obviously i mean you would if you had a sword anyway she catches him on the coffee table and essentially as soon as she does the coffee table breaks and ethan fly like flies to the ground or whatever and they see secret documents pop out <laughs> from the broken table more another yes. another stash of secret Danica. Lest we forget history papers. <laughs> Literally, this history means papers. that she hid she hid like a trove of information on a hard drive, but then a separate trove of information for like a separate mystery right. in the coffee table. Right. My number one question here is why doesn't Bryce stop everything she's doing and take a hammer to every other piece of furniture? In the yeah, <laughs> that's true. The doc 
documents are essentially about the Asteri and they're questioning the idea that they are what they are, right? Like everybody believes their stars come to life and they hold the power of stars and these documents are questioning that, but everything's redacted. And there's also questions about the first light and how it's used to make weapons. And then there's another document that says Dusk's truth on it, which is related to the quote-unquote intel that Sophie had that could take everything down. Mm. Now, Rune also has to go on with his day, but he waits approximately 30 seconds before telling Declan and Flynn literally everything Mm -hmm. that just occurred. They were all sworn to secrecy about. Yeah, they all obviously... Like, Cormac tries to have a literal blood oath, and thank God Rune didn't do that, and he knew he was immediately gonna tell his pals. But... But you know what? Fair enough. As he says, he's like, yeah, well, fucking Bryce and Hunt yeah. have each other. I get to tell, like, it's not fair that you just get to have somebody just because you're a couple. I yeah. get to tell. No, single representation. Brothers. That's true. That's why I get to tell eight to ten people everything that anybody tells yeah. me. <laughs> like every secret. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh so he God. tells them everything. Of course, the boys are immediately in for rebel shit and helping Rune here. Oh, my God. And Declan's like, yeah, like, let's let's rope Mark in, too. <laughs> like, yeah, Mark. Haven't, haven't you been dating for, like, a month or something? He's like, trust me, Mark would be the first one to say yeah. hell yes to Mark this. Mark would be so He's down. a fucking... He's like a big law attorney. Big law. He's joining the rebellion. Everybody's just throwing their loved ones into the rebellion. My favorite part of this is when they have to really go hard on Flynn on not telling anybody because apparently one time 20 years ago he drunkenly spilled some secrets to a nymph reporter he was fucking and Declan is mocking him and this is again this is one of those high literature lines where Declan is mocking him with the line oh sexy nymph writer look at your boobs they're so round they remind me of these bombs the ox is hiding in their armory lol <laughs> lol uh, boys being boys i just can't not uh, love them boys will be boys. i really can't not love yeah. them and you know sweeties. who among us didn't have a bit of a reporter problem at one point or another so i i feel for a wow in this inside joke inside joke yeah about dina's <laughs> i think it's mostly pad. just dina. it's just dina's checkered <laughs> it's not even really a joke anyway back to my boy rune mm-hmm he tells the boys everything, and then he has to go meet Cormac at the pool hall to hear his pitch, since Cormac did threaten to tell his daddy if he didn't. Yeah. And again, Cormac starts his pitch by being pretty judgy about Rune and his partying and his tattoos, which is yeah, fair, rude. but maybe not strategic. Yeah, we have maybe been similarly judgy in Cormac's <laughs> That's defense. true. What do you put it that way? Okay, but we weren't trying to actively recruit him. We were talking behind his back, which right. is right. smarter. So here's the sitch. Cormac wants to use Rune and his mind-speaking abilities to get back in touch with their most important kind of spy agent, Agent Daybright. Sophie (laughs) was her contact until she died. They had these comms crystals, which are basically radios. I picture like a gua sha. You guys know what that is? Yeah. (laughs) Will definitely doesn't. No. (laughs) No. Like a little crystal? I know a crystal. It's It's like a rock that you use to like sculpt your face. No, no, I yeah. don't. Know what that is. Anyway, that's what I was picturing this whole time was a gua sha that they somehow like tap into the energy of and use as a radio, a little, a little walkie-talkie. Yeah. But they're worried that since Sophie got caught, that that has been hacked, and so 
they want to kind of use a crystal, but do it mind to mind because it'll be safer. This is super important because Agent Daybright is super, super high up to the point that some people wonder she's legit in Asteria herself. She always has all the info about when the Asteria are going to attack. The other piece of this is that apparently the Asteria are developing a new mech suit. Mm. So mech suits. I always forget we're like in sci-fi. I know. I really (laughs) wanted to talk about this because I'm like, like I I love sci-fi. I know, Rach, you have some feelings about it, but I don't know how I feel when it's just random fantasy time sci-fi elements sploshed together. Yeah. It's like, hey, we have like really powerful swords, but also we have big robots. Yeah. (laughs) Like. Yeah. I'm not like crazy about the big robots. Me neither. Well, it all just kind of like doesn't make sense how the humans are kind of even still, still in going. the game at all. Yeah. So I guess you kind of had to have like a mech suit. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of, I'm just kind of like, okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. They needed something. And apparently the Asteria are now trying to make one for Veneer to wear also, which seems like a waste, but apparently it's, you know, would really be devastating, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We get a short scene with Therian and the River Queen's daughter. He's cleaning his wave skimmer in the middle of the night, I guess, when she shows up with an in-person you up text, basically. Excuse me. He's shirtless. Cleaning Sorry, he is shirtless. He is shirtless. You're correct. Wow. Oh. I was distracted because, okay, is it just me? Does she not have a fucking name? Um, no, yeah, I don't think she... I think she's just like... She's just called the River yeah, Queen's whatever. daughter the entire time. Wow. But isn't the River Queen just the River Queen? Like, does she have a name? I think there may be, like, they're well, so... She- you know, they're sort of of an element. They're so elemental. She has a name, I feel, because the Autumn King has a name. Yeah, but I feel yeah. like when they, okay. I just feel like when she doesn't tell you people's names at first, that's when I start to get a little yeah tingly, and I'm like, what's mm-hmm. what is her name, and why isn't she telling us, and what does it mean? Because I tend to think this girl yeah. is not important at all, and she's really annoying. But then I'm like, oh, if she doesn't have a name. Is there actually something here? Hmm. Only time will tell. Oh, I feel bad for her. You think she's annoying? Yeah, I mean, I feel, I do. Also, why won't he just have sex with right. her? Right. Yeah, I don't get it. It's like you're already in, in for a penny, in for a pound. <laughs> right. And like, you can't have sex with anybody else. So, like, you know, do, you know, right. get yours. Right. Yeah. Come on, Therion. But he doesn't want to. I don't know. I just thought she immediately gets into interrogating him about who he was hanging out with. And the second he mentions a girl's name, Bryce, she just gets so jealous. And he immediately has to be like, oh, she's dating Hunt. We could go on a double okay. date. But, okay, she is, like, trapped in their little underwater sea world. Her mom doesn't let her go up. So, like, he's, you know, first of all, the most bantery, bant, flirty person yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. And he's just waltzing around the surface. And he's your boyfriend who won't sleep with you. And, like, of course you're yeah. going to be jealous, okay, the poor girl. Okay, but can't she, like, take a little bit of agency wow. and, like, A, dump him and B, go to the above and learn, I don't know, what a fucking phone is? No. Wow. You don't understand, Dina, what it's like to be the daughter of a queen. <laughs> Yeah, a, a mer queen. I'm just saying, yeah. if I were the daughter of a queen, I would find a secret route to escape the castle, uh, a you know, uh, a way to disguise yourself so that you could go out into the real world. Like she could be a little bit more resourceful here rather than just floating around whining. That's all I'm saying. Wow. You're you're sort of like peasant subject privilege is showing. <laughs> you don't understand like the trials and tribulations and the travails. No, yeah, of- my my working yeah. class privilege. You're right. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like your life is yours to choose, whatever, whatever. Yeah, no expectations of me, just living the living uh-huh. the glory life. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> there's exactly. no burden. There's no burden on your shoulders. Yeah, you aren't sheltered. 
Okay, fine. Well, we can agree to disagree on nameless River Queen daughter for now. And yeah. like Rach said, only time will tell. Mm-hmm. We do get a little uh, snapshot of our Comitium crew because, mm-hmm. as you remember from last episode, the uh, Micah's Triari kind of have been given buddies and they have to, you know, show Sandril's old Triari around the school and point out, like, you know, who all the cliques are in the lunchroom and, you know, give them. Yeah. A- give them the down low so hunt is giving baxian a tour of the committeeum and baxian is just kind of like asking lots of questions and trying to keep him there for longer and hunt is annoyed but i feel really bad for him i'm like this guy has no friends he has no idea what any of this is there's like a point where hunt's leaving and he's like I'll give you a lesson on video games tomorrow. I got to get home. And Baxian, he's sad boy. He's like, oh, like, that would be great. Yeah. Like, he doesn't even know what video games are. Like, I just want to hang out with video games and friends. Yeah. Oh. I feel bad. And again, I realize that they're not reading the book. But I'm like, guys, he obviously doesn't suck. Be his friend. Yeah. (laughs) So the old Comitium crew briefly reunite. Naomi and Isaiah and Hunt and they're just like oh this is fucking weird and Pollux is staying in Vic's old room and again no one is like hmm remember Vic should we maybe go on a little trip to the bottom of the Marinara Trench and get our girl who's been stuffed in a box down there yeah no like, literally, it's like bottom of the to-do list like Hunt's like your besties with a mare like what you could you know what what are we doing here they have like a lot of ballet invitations and such, you know. <laughs> it's like hard being a new social No, the schedule the is busy. Anyway, so Hunt does go home and snuggle up in bed with Bryce, and they're like mm. catching up on all their little spy rebel secrets from throughout the day. And then they start to kind of get into the little foreplay mode by making each other jealous about the last people they fucked months ago. Classic. Which I would be obviously irate. <laughs> I rage. You would kick him out the apartment. You're like, how yes. dare you sleep with a nymph six months ago before you even knew I existed? Yeah, no. I yeah, that's like be... a thought crime for rage. Yeah. yeah, no, I actually have something next episode on this that I'd like to share. Oh, cannot um, wait. Teaser. Well, Bryce does not do that. She does briefly go on a bit of a spiral about whether or not she's his type and if he usually likes skinnier girls. But she quickly snaps out of it and just drops some shit about that lion shifter that she fucked at the White Raven a few months ago. Yeah. And Hunt is like, I thought you didn't like alpha holes. And Bryce responds, I like them for some things. Yeah, she's Mm. like, when I'm depressed. (laughs) (laughs) So... Things are starting to get hot and heavy over here, and the foreplay is kind of weirdly based on the fact that Ethan's in the apartment, and he can probably hear mm. everything, and they don't want to. So Yeah, I noticed this yeah. as well. Hunt is trying to, it's been a while, I might be loud, and Bryce says, I could gag you. And Hunt replies, please tell me you're not into that shit. And B says the classic, I'll try anything once. And poor Hunt is probably terrified out of his mind. And he's like, okay, okay, like, let's just start with the basics first. Like, we can get to that stuff later. He's sort of shy boy. He is sort of shy boy. Anyway, B is for basics and for Bryce and for 
a blowjob. Wow. wow. That was quite a little alliteration. Yeah. Thank you so much, friends, for giving me the fucking blowjob scene. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Take us through it, blow by blow. I am the one who will be gagging. There's <laughs> Wow. Wow. The anti-penis animus coming out. Oh. Yeah. God. Anyway, Bryce is Tell very us. funny when she is in sexy time mode. Like, she just says the funniest shit. This time she's straddling him <laughs> and she's, like, playing with his pecs and she says, your chest is almost as big as mine. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> okay. He's like, no one has said anything to me less sexy right, than that. Right. And yet he clearly does not care at all. So, you know, she has yeah. taken his underwear off and we need a couple classic oh, references God. to The way size. you said that. Oh, sorry. Blech. Sorry, she's, she's peeling his boxers down his taut body or some shit. Thick trunks. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, okay. Well, I guess there's no there's no easy way to say no. that. <laughs> At this point, Siri, classic fashion, sees sees himself into the bathroom and like kicks the door shut with one leg. Ugh. Iconic. Icon. Iconic. We get a couple uh, classic references to dick size from Bryce here. We get, well, this is a big surprise again. Like, Ooh. like she's making dad jokes while she about to go down on him and then of course we get that you have to this is um i believe this is uh rule number 273b is that she has to say there's no way i'm gonna fit all of you in me yeah like i can't possibly yeah yeah we got to anyway then we get some like action 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 avi he comes in like 30 seconds and our girl does the whole swallowing thing she's licking her lip she's like look (laughs) at me i'm so hot i'm a queen Worship me, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, she does the whole swallowing. <laughs> yeah. She's probably stoked, like, 30 seconds. That's, that's like, pretty good. You gotta get out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Yeah, no. Her her jaw's gonna be okay, you know? Yeah. Hopefully. And then Ethan, bless him, takes us all out of this too detailed moment for me and screams, please have sex a little louder. I didn't hear everything that time. Poor Ethan. Poor Ethan. He's like in love with her and he's listening to her like deep throat like a champ. Yeah. Yeah. And like, (laughs) honestly, points to him. He's handling it like a champ. Yeah. Yeah. And then he like weeps into his pillow. Right. (laughs) Like poor little pup has no pack, is listening to the girl he's been in love with for years go down on someone, has nowhere to live, is stuck in this apartment, is like maybe going to get pulled into this rebellion he had nothing to do with and maybe get murdered for yeah. it. Yeah, he's sort of at like a, maybe a, hopefully the bottom. Yeah, you know? yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's only the trough. from here for poor Ethan. Hunt and Bryce do decide after that that maybe it isn't the best time to continue having sex and they go to sleep. Sweet Hunt has a very fun dream where he wakes up to a quick little hang, quick little catch up with the Prince of the Pit, who yeah. is the guy who they call him the Star Eater because he like killed the Asteri. He's like the main different Prince of like, Hell. Yeah, he's yeah, like the he's big, like king of Hell. Right, 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 right. But he's a prince. Correct. Top prince. Yeah. Yeah, of the pit, of like the master of chaos, whatever, blah, blah, blah. He's giving Hunt basically the same kind of master your power spiel. And Hunt's like, I literally can't think right now. I just got the best blowjob of my life. Can we talk about this later? And then I guess he wakes up. Yeah. But again, unclear. Is that his dad? 
What? Is that his daddy? Is that his daddy? Who can say? Who can say? There are some comments. Wait, why? Why would that be his dad? Because he has I a mean, secret, very powerful dad. dad. Is and, We're yeah. just searching for a dad. Yeah. Yeah. Searching for a dad in all the wrong places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, title of my memoir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also it'd be fun that'd be more fun if it if it was the prince of a pit than like an asteri or something mm-hmm. yeah wait so was this prince was he being nice or not nice was he like i'm gonna like take i'm we're, like we're gonna kill you like we're fighting you or was he like join it's us? very unclear he says things like i lost last time and i'm not gonna lose again this time mm. but then later on we'll talk about this in the next episode there's something about how he wants Bryce to be a worthy opponent, but then it's like... Right. Right. I'm really confused. I, honestly, I have no idea to this day what he, right. what he is saying and right. what he wants from them. You can't do that and have multiple princes of the, of the fucking mm-hmm. pit of hell, but then the, it's not it's a fake prince of hell because I'm like, right. I don't know. But the then it's like the princes of hell aren't talking because Hunt says, we already got this from Adis, and he's like, oh, we don't chat, so I don't know. It'd be really convenient if they'd spoken. Right. Because that would sort of... I guess it'd be inconvenient for, like, mapping out the story. Yeah. Classic miscommunication trope with Princess of Hell in their realm, I guess. So, yeah, I don't know. It's all very confusing. Again, we are very much in the meat of a Crescent City book here where we have a thousand and one questions and zero answers. Let's swing back to Alpha Kai Fei at the frat house, middle of the night. Rune and the boys are, you know, hanging out, drinking, smoking mirth through. The boys are hyping Rune up to do his little spy thing and get in contact with Agent Daybright. They literally say our sweet Rune is all grown up and spying for rebels. They're just so cute. I know. And Rune is like, just, you know, keep an eye out for me if this is a trap. And I start to go into some like weird, you know, state, put a wooden spoon in my mouth. And one of them lifts up a wooden spoon. And they're like, I already thought of that. You're good, bro. Like, they just take care of each other. It's cute. They do. They do. They're so sweet. Yeah. Okay, so Rune is doing some mental visualization of a a mental bridge here, uh, trying to create a link between his mind and Agent Daybright. And he's like, hello, anybody there? Anybody want to pick up the mm-hmm. phone? And then he hears a faint female voice Ooh. and sees a female of pure flame. Or that was how she chose to appear, noting not how Lily was made of pure flame, but looked like you could still kind of like see her whole body. But rather, this is somebody who's cloaked in flame. So the flame is kind of hiding everything about her, like a veil. Agent Daybright is like, who are you? And Agent Daybright basically essentially figures out immediately that Rune has no idea what he's doing because he... He's the worst spy He's like the worst spy ever. (laughs) He's like mumbling. He's rambling. He only accidentally, I guess, somehow cloaks himself in night and sorrow so that she can't see him. And he's basically like, well, I was just I was just trying to see if we could make contact or whatever. What if I'm like, you know, one of the Asteri spies? And she's basically like, um, they don't bumble about so much. I'm not worried about it. So they're immediately <laughs> flirting. Yeah, they are flirting. Cute. He's so lonely. He's so lonely. He's she gives he's him. So she's like, okay, I'm gonna call you night, and he's like, oh, I kind of like that night and day. Like we're together. Yeah. <laughs> also, by the way, they're also flame and shadow, huh? Yep. 
They are. They are indeed. There's a couple of times in here where it says her voice, like he like loves her voice. Remember there's that whole thing with Rune in the last book about how women's voices when he's fucking them, either like he loved them or he hated them (sighs) and he needed to like run away if he didn't like them. So he's a whole thing with voices. There's also, he's like, your voice, it sounds familiar. Uh Uh-huh. And it's like, they've never talked. So I'm like, is it giving mates? Like, what are we, you know? Yeah. Like, what is it? Why does her voice sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Right? Because he hasn't Ugh, heard. I love them. He hasn't met. Well, okay, Will, do you know who she is? Uh, do you I don't remember. I knew at wow. one point, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I could, I knew that from judging by how some things you said in previous episodes. Wait, so, okay, so Will, guess. Um, It's like one of the Asteri. No. No. It's uh, Pippa. So it's Pippa. No. No, no, she's Pippa's openly in Ophion. Oh right. Um, <laughs> well, who the fuck else is there? It's Jessica. No, no. It's, Keep going. This is fun. Um, like what women are left? <laughs> it's Come not on. the lesbians. Wow. It's it's not Hypaxia. It's the Hind. Is it the Hind? Yeah. Wow. Wow. wow it only took you Last seven tries. Option. Good guess. <laughs> Anyway, it is the Hind. So they haven't met before, I don't believe. And yeah. something about her voice, I don't know. He really loves it. And he's kind of immediately like, oh, a woman? Should I be in love with her? And yeah. <laughs> then he goes to talk to Cormac the next day. And he's like, why didn't you tell me she was a female? Yeah, like and I would have put on like a cute fit. <laughs> Feminist yeah. King is like, well, I didn't know if you shared your father's outdated views about females not being in the line of danger. And it's like, sorry, both of you have outdated views because any men who continue to use the word females like this are red flags. No, but it's because they're fake. I know, I know. Yeah, they do say male. They do say male. I know, but it's just every time I hear somebody yeah. say the word females, it just like makes me like kind of witch yeah. a little bit. Fair. Yeah. You know? Fair. Yeah, and Rune is just feeling so aimless. Cormac is something like, well, you just have to wait. And then, like, whatever. Once we're done, I'll get you out of this something something. And Rune's like, okay, I could do that. He could go about his life. And after that, he'd go back to what he'd been doing. To leading the ox and hating his father, yet dreading the day the male died. <laughs> until the next person who needed him for something came along. I'm like, wow, throw yourself a little pity party, why don't you? I know, he's wow. just a boy desperate for a purpose. Yeah, he truly is so desperate for a purpose. <laughs> We leave the boys their little tiff, and we come back to the Triari, who are meeting with Celestina in her private residence. Hunt is mm-hmm. having a bit of a little P- PTSD panic attack here, because whenever they went to Sandril's private residence, somebody was going to be tortured. Oh, Sandril. Or Micah. Okay. I think either, right? Yeah. I think it was, like, a bad thing if you went to their private residence. But Celestina has, like, made it all, like, kind of, like, plush and welcoming and yeah. nice. Yeah. She's redecorated. It's so chic. They're yeah, like, she's re- redecorated. Comfy rugs. Vases of fluffy, vibrant flowers grace nearly every table. Actually, that's probably, like, a bit too many flowers for me, but you know, lots of lush-bodied effigies of Cathona, which... Seems great. Just like, yeah, Cathona's lush body just everywhere. Yeah. Mer- definitely her- not definitely not a gay woman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, honestly, Rach, that totally went right in one ear and out the other for me when I was reading it. Like I should have known as somebody who mm-hmm. kept buying pieces of art that featured naked women like years before I realized I was gay. Like that's like a te- that's such a tell. I mean, I also appreciate, you know, the female form, but you know, just observing. Right. But it's like, do the lush bodied effigies need to be on nearly every table and console? 
Yeah. yeah, it's a lot. So anyway, they're there for a fun little meeting about uh, horrific violence perpetrated the night before. Mm, yep. Essentially, what happened was Pollux and Baxian were at a bar and Pollux tried to force himself on some young lady who did not want it and was, I believe, using the word no many times. And so Baxian went out to find him and, like, basically saved the girl and beat the shit out of Pollux. Anyway, Celestina is essentially on Baxian's side here, and she's like, you did the right thing, but now the Asteri are mad because this was a whole scene, and so they're punishing Celestina, but she can't say it like that. She's like, don't worry, the Asteri have figured out a way to help everybody move past this, and they've decided that she is going to mate another one of the archangels. And so they're going to have like this big wedding and this big mating ceremony. And it's going to be all over the news. And so that's going to get people to stop talking about the fight. But essentially, this is a way to punish Celestina for not controlling her triari more, I guess. And to show her that they have complete control over her entire life. Yeah. Yeah. Just want to give a quick shout out to Caspian's son. Wow. Who left a really sweet review on <gasps> iTunes and called us two girl bosses and a best little boy. Yay. I am a best little boy. <laughs> wow. Anyways, we really appreciated your review. So thank you. Thanks. And, you know, if you haven't reviewed yet, if you haven't shared the pod Listen, do I sound like a broken record? Sure. But I just want to say, like, you should do it. Yeah, everybody's doing it. Yeah, everyone's doing it. And that's that on that. Okay. Bye. Well, (laughs) until (laughs) Until next time. time. Bye, friends. Bye.